That's a groovy button. What does it say? All right, listen up, Bigly. This is the Dirty Dozen episode. You understand that, right? Now, wait a minute. Last episode was number 13. Remember our big Halloween episode with Ron Masak? I don't know what math you're using. Are you using that Republican Trump-esque math again? It's, it's new math. I don't care about the new math. This is the Dirty Dozen. We're back on track now. We got sidetracked by that vampire last time. So now we're back on it. So this is episode what? Uh, episode, sir, episode 12, sir. Say it again, sir. Sir, episode 12, sir. Thank you very much. All right, now, proceed as usual. Where's George Papard when you need him? I love it when a plan comes together. <laughs> and with that failed homage to the A-Team, we welcome you to episode 12 of the Texas Prairie Chicken Home Companion Monkeys podcast. I am Alan Melvin Vandersnoot Williams. And this is Al, Mr. Scrooge Bigley. Uh, how you been, pal of mine? Very Scrooge-like. Uh, is it Scrooge McDuck? Uh, prosper. I, 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 you know how I am with, with dialects. That's right. Accent. Scrooge McDuck, or is that Scro- is that the Scrooge Bill Murray movie? But that's another mm. topic. But we hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Uh, and Halloween. And Halloween, of course. Speaking of Halloween, hope you enjoyed episode 13, our interview with the incredible Ron Masak. And if you haven't listened to it, there's always time. Every one of our past episodes is posted for your listening pleasure. Just go to tpchcmonkeyscast.blogspot.com, or you can also find it at the Facebook page, group page. Scroll down, you'll be able to see it. It's You have to go past Al's photographs, which he continues to plug. And then down, uh, down a little further, you're going to see episode 13. That's right. And, of course, this is episode 12 for December 2017. We went a little backwards with our numbering because, really, who wants to listen to a Halloween podcast with the number, number 12? Number 12. 13 Halloween. That one was a thriller, I must say. Yes. We're so clever. What you been up to, man? Not a lot. Just preparing for this fabulous episode and our fabulous announcement. That's right. Well, yeah. We teased it. We announced it a couple of weeks ago on Facebook. But for the very first time, we are welcoming our third member of the podcast team to the madness. Zeppo? Zeppo, we're excluding Zeppo's body later. We'll be displaying it on the, on the page eventually. Going on the tour. But welcoming to our team uh, somebody that you all know, and you know she's very polarizing. But she is ours now. And we welcome the wonderful Jody Ritson. To the podcast team we will be talking jody will be joining us later she's going to give us a little bit of background as to how she came to be a monkeys fan how she managed to be in one of the most enviable, posi- enviable positions in monkey fandom and uh, she's going to give us all the latest of what's going on with monkeydom very good you want to stick around for that it's a great one for any monkeys fan of any age um jody is a uh uh, a third generation fan. Let's be honest. Let's be straight. <laughs> yes. Second generation. Seventies uh, kids. You're the second. Right. I'm the, the first. first because I'm so old. Yes. And Jody is third, representing the U86ers that came on board. The MTV the, generation. The, 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 the ones that came on board. Yes. And, and the MTV uh, Pleasant Valley Sunday reruns. That's right. So, you know, December. Now that we're into December, you know what that means, right? Not only besides standing in long lines at Walmart and Target on Black Friday, but... Tax time. That's right. No. Are you moving to Texas? I'm moving to, 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 to Texas. I, I grew up in Houston, was born in Dallas. That's I right. wear the, the wool cap to keep my hair And it's eyes. funny you should mention that because yeah. you know what December means, right? Not only is it my birthday on the right. last day of the month. Hint, hint. The day before, we have two, count them, two, two birthdays. Right. The one and only Mr. Nishwash. Right, Mike Nesman. 
and our beloved late Manchester Cowboy, both sharing the date, but you know this, December 30th is a day that we all enjoy, mm-hmm. and that's the Capricorn in the Pac J <laughs> album, so. I'm glad you finally explained that. Yeah. I'm, st- I'm, I'm still trying to get used to that new hairdo of yours, man. What hairdo? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But uh, it's it's going to be I, and it, actually funny. I have a uh, I have a uh, my the only as you remember the interview I did with Nez earlier in the year for Infinite Tuesdays when it came out in April. There actually was one other Nesmith contact with me that I don't think I ever told you about. Yes. I was working for a company called uh, a company that built uh, power plants, designed power plants uh, in other countries. And I was new to email, and this was when we were on the the listers page, you know, back before Facebook and all that. The prehistoric days. Mm-hmm. And uh, you could still reach Nez via the video ranch or Nez at videoranch.com email. So I emailed him from work and told him that my birthday was the thirty first, and I wanted to wish him a happy birthday. But and believe it or not, he emailed me back the next day, telling me that he didn't really celebrate birthdays at the time. This is ninety five, ninety five, uh, yeah, ninety five. But he wished me a very happy birthday, and and I printed it out and saved it in somewhere. Probably when I when I moved out from my ex-wife, I lost it somewhere along the way. So, but I don't have it. But yes, I actually got a birthday email from Nez in 1995, and you can imagine how giddy I was at that point. Well, can I touch you now? Can I, uh, can I just be in your presence? No, that 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 won't be necessary, there, Harvey Weinstein. Yes, I, you've got that restraining order. I know. After last after episode five, I remember what happened. <laughs> So, um, we hope you all are getting ready to celebrate whatever holiday, whether it be uh, Hanukkah, Christmas, Kwanzaa. Festivus for the Festivus rest for the of us. us. That's right. So, today is going to be a little bit brief. We're going to talk about the Christmas episode from the second season. Um, we are going to replay our little interview with Butch Patrick, who played Melvin Vandersnoot in that episode. Uh, he will talk about being on the set, and uh, if you haven't heard it before, you'll get a chance to hear it again. We're also going to feature... Uh, my favorite Christmas songs. We're going to feature Christmas is My Time of Year, uh, which I'm still trying to figure out what part Peter actually played in that song because they said, and originally I read it, is he was going to throw in an anti Griselda or two, and it's like, I don't hear anything remotely sounding like Peter. But uh, we're going to play that, and then we're going to wrap it up as, as we run the end of the show. Uh, the Monkeys MTV Christmas Badly from 1986, where Nez actually showed up at the very end. So. That and a lot more, and if we can find Davy's Christmas album, we're going to stick in a piece from that. And you have a very great remix coming up uh, that you posted recently on um, the Facebook, our group page. So tell everybody about what we got to, what you got to look forward to. Well, this is a remix that's a little different from my others, and in fact, I remixed this uh, just a few years ago. And it's not an original Monkeys tune from back in the day. It's in fact a a 2014 live cut of Mike performing, well, Mike with the group, performing Sunny Girlfriend in Cleveland, Ohio. And I've got to thank Sherry Hansen for passing this along. This is an audience-recorded uh, uh, audio uh, blip that she did, but it sounded really, really good, with technology being what it is. And it's one of my favorite Monkey songs. And what I did was just, uh, you know, I bumped up the bass a little bit, and in the right channel I added some of my own drumming, some tom-tom drumming, Double drumming some maracas, cowbell, vibra-slap. What, what do you always tell me about cowbell? We need more cowbell! That's right. Thank you, George Prepard. Um, and I had, Wait a minute. Let me do it this way. We need more cowbell, fool! And I had a friend of mine who was a singer and a musician come in and do some backing vocals all on the right channel to... to uh, like she could really hit those high 
soprano notes. See, wait, wait, wait a minute. Where, where are you going with the sopranos on this? Hey. You're turning into Polly Walnuts here. You What's don't know nothing. I don't know nothing. Capiche? Capiche. And I think it just sounds really great. Uh, the band sounded great. Uh, Sherry got a great audio recording. And uh, I love what I did to it. It's, it's one of my most popular remixes with over a million listens, and you get to hear it here. That will be coming up later, and I have the feeling, since it's a remix, that uh, I have to open up the old closet door, shake it loose, and, and, and then bring out that voice that you all love to hate to love. You mean... 321K, Jets at Top of Real Don Steel, Monkeys! You know you gotta have it. That's right. That's coming up. So, all right, before we get into Jody, you know that the second season... Uh, about this time they came out they actually did a Christmas episode because whatever what aired uh, in season one was Too Many Girls but that's another topic for another time or in, in case if you're a Kelly Jean Peters fan that's a couple of new top, uh, topics for another time so and for some of us that alone was a Christmas treat unless you happen to see one of the LBS or Colex for a rerun where they smeared it out so yeah it was a holiday miracle <laughs> when they stopped smearing it out a man in love has the strength of thousands so, but yeah the Christmas episode to me was always a little bit flat. Yeah, it felt rushed. It did, and the the romp scene in the in the toy department of the department store was okay. Um, Jody recently posted uh, a picture of um, after they came down this the came down to Timmy and David David and, and Mickey are singing. Mickey and the Santa suit and Davey's all Davey's all nice and clean he says well I thought you'd go down first and I'd just go straight down and, and I wouldn't get dirty at all and then Mickey rubs all over his face and Elfie outfit so but you know Butch Patrick uh, played Melvin Vandersnoot the uh, the child involved here it was a it was a really good role for him but of course as always the highlight of the Christmas episode is always the greatest vocal performance by the guys during the two years of the show, and that's the acapella version of Ryu Chiu. Ryu Chiu, Ryu Chiu, whichever you pronounce it. Six of one, half a dozen of the other. You know I'm stalling here, right? I'm, I'm waiting for you. We'll be right back after this pause for the cause. There. <laughs> Hello, Al. I'm sorry, what? Al, Al, did you... Number did you, nine? Number nine. Number nine. Oh, oh Lord, you forgot to take the pills again, didn't you? Someone gave me green pills oh, okay. this morning, and I, I just ate them like candy. Uh, but what, what, are your, what are your recollections of the, of the Christmas episode? I like that we got a monkey's Christmas episode because not every series, whether long-lived or, or short um, run, gave us a Christmas episode. Mm-hmm. But it feels very rushed and it feels very much like, you know, hey guys, it's November, we gotta do a Christmas show in a yeah. month or two weeks. Or- but the the other cool thing about the show is at the very end, you see the you see what the camaraderie and the compassion and the love that they have for all the, the people behind the scenes as they introduce everybody. I don't know who this guy is, but he's just here anyway. And he gets to wave and flash the peace That's sign. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, and you, know, you see Irving Lippman, uh, the camp, the great cameraman who was, you know, dates back all to, to Mickey Circus Boy days. Lippy Lippman. You know, Lippy Lippman. Gene uh, Ashman. Mm-hmm. Uh, Peggy Lippman. Peggy. I'm no. kidding. No, she wasn't. Yeah. It's a little joke. Um, John C. Anderson. Um, Swing and... And I forget, no. And she was swinging. swinging. No, no, that's a country music. That's a country music reference people out there. But little Charlotte, she's the darling. She's the apple of my. I can't believe I saw her. Okay. And then Marilyn Schlossberg, which was really cool. Marilyn so, Chambers. No, I'm kidding. But I'm trying to get us off the air. That's that's the best part, though. I mean, that, it's really cool to see the the camaraderie there on the crew. But um, 
I'm trying to remember. Is I haven't seen it in a long time. Is this the one where they have uh, where Mike plays the regular llama? No, that's in recounting how he found the monkey's paw, or how I Hans Conry. I got you. I got you. Right, wrong episode. Which I guess we have to. Uh, I hate those bleeping kids. We have to think once looked like Mike Nesmith when he was young. Yeah. So, all right, but um, he's out back sleeping it off. That's right. This is the regular <laughs> llama. Yeah, that's right. But yeah, it was. Uh, the story was okay, and it was. It always had a happy ending, but. Uh, yeah, it did seem a little uh, like they were getting to the point. It was about to reach that point where they didn't really care anymore. So, But at least we got Ryushu out of it. Mizunai. Thank you. And you'll be hearing that probably in the background as we talk because everybody plays that song. And it's right. It's, you can find it everywhere. It's been on several reissues and mm-hmm. remastered and hand-spun and handmade events and uh, products. Mm-hmm. So, but what we'd like to do now uh, in keeping with that Christmas episode, we would like to represent, um, and to give you the background story, there was a um, there was a uh, festival called the Mad Monster Party where the, you got to meet actors and people that were involved in horror movies. Well, of course, Butch being involved with the Munsters, he was there along with Pat Priest and uh, the, the Munster Mobile and the uh, Grandpa Coffin Car. So we, Al, uh, tell them the story real quick about how you know Butch. Oh, I once... Uh in my graphic design comic book artist career was seated next to Butch at a convention in Florida around 1999 or 2000 and uh, I couldn't resist I said Butch I gotta ask I'm a big monkeys fan what was it like you did the Christmas episode tell me some things and Butch was so happy he started glowing just you know it was great I missed the Beatles coming to visit the Munsters set so there's no way I was gonna miss the monkeys I had to do that episode it was great Davey was just so full of life and you know always smiling and laughing. Mickey had the jokes. He kept me just on the floor with his jokes and his funny faces. And, oh, and Peter, you know, he's very anti-war. We did some shtick in one of the romps where, you know, we, we put the rifles back and we flashed peace signs. And, and then I said, well, what about Mike? And Butch got very reflective, looked off into the distance for a few seconds, and then finally said, Mike was Mike. <laughs> and I said, Butch, I'm a longtime fan. You need say no more. But fast forward to 2017... Alan, being the inquiring mind that he is, had to push it a little bit further, and you'll hear this in just a couple of minutes. So, live, it, we, uh, it was recorded on, I think it was... Somebody's my, phone, my wife's phone. I think it was either Allison's phone or, or my phone. Yeah, because I was recording the video. I was recording the video. Right. So, uh, we apologize for the video quality, beca- or the audio quality, because it was, you know... He was staying. Butch and Al were staying in front of a big poster. I think it was a Munsters poster. Right, big, big Fred Gwynn poster. Yeah. Yes. So um, we asked him about it. it's. It's about six. Uh, what is it? Three or four minutes. And so, so, so this is our time with Melvin Vandersnoot, aka Eddie Munster, aka whatever happened to Eddie, Butch Patrick. You said you missed the Beatles. Tell us about that. Yeah, I was on the Munster. The Beatles came out. Uh, security was so tight for them that they were staying behind the studio gates uh, instead of in the hotel. Apparently, uh, one of them stayed in my dressing room because I had a large dressing room next to Marlon Brando. I used to joke it was probably Ringo. But um, who would have cared? I missed them. They didn't even give me an autographed picture. And then a little uh, later in life, the Monkeys episode came on. At the time, the Monkeys were just as popular, maybe not more popular in America than the Beatles with the TV show. Great. I just want I, so I can so I can make it in before right. I can quit. Right, so. Next question. What do you most remember about that experience with the monkeys? 
Well, you know, probably two things. Mickey and Peter. Mickey was wacky crazy. Peter was probably my favorite because he was kind of like the hippie, uh, the hippie monkey. But um, I remember that I was working a lot and they, they treated me as an equal. I was in a lot of scenes with them. I was in the whole entire episode constantly. And uh, they treated me really well. And I remember Amy Jones dating Sally Field and her coming over in her uh, sister material outfit from The Flying Nun. What about Mike? Any uh, comments about Mike? He was kind of... Um, that, you know, I mean, he was just the, the thinker. I guess he would be considered the thinker. And he was wonderful, but I got to know him recently, a few years ago, and we uh, hit it off wonderfully. Excellent. Were you yourself a fan of the music of the show before yeah. you were called up? Oh, absolutely. I'm a huge Monkees fan. And it was, that's why it was so exciting for a young kid at 14 to be with these guys for a whole week. And uh, not only be with them, but be, like I said, equal to them. Pretty much the whole episode. It's a great episode. Any more questions? Was there a was there a particular scene that you enjoyed shooting with them the most? Well, I can tell you a scene that I hated the most. Okay. It was the, the crying scene, you know, because yeah, you don't cry in the monkey set. So the, the old <laughs> that was pretty bad. But as far as the most uh, the fun scene was in the toy shop with uh, them all scooting around and the speed the speeded up film and Mickey uh, shooting Peter on the moped and that kind of thing. The wrong. The wrong. We learned it here. No crying on the monkey set. Yeah, new rule. Exactly. Very good. Butch, thank you so very much for sharing some time with us. We really appreciate it. You know, one more thing about the episode that I want to point out that if anybody hasn't seen it, they should. It's really cool. Number one, they sing a cappella at the end. And then, they, and then they break down the fourth wall and they introduce everybody who makes the show so magical for them. And to introduce everybody behind the scenes, I thought was a wonderful thing. So it makes it special. Absolutely. Thank you. You got it. Now, you see how clever we are tying in Halloween and Christmas? It's amazing what we can do in the editing room, isn't it? <laughs> Butch Patrick, he straddles both holidays. That's it didn't right. sound right, but you know what I mean. And bless his heart, he gave it his best shot. This is where you stick in the... Hey, this is Butch Patrick, and you're listening to Texas Chicken Prairie Home Companion. He came close enough. <laughs> he tried. You know what heart. he means. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, yeah. Well, we, uh, no matter how you say it, we know what podcast he's listening to. At least we hope he's so. So... Butch, thank you again. That was that was taken earlier in the year, and uh, it was a lot of fun. He was a very nice guy. Very nice. And uh, if you see him at a convention near you, if he's available, go see him. Go. He's got great merchandise. He'll tell you some stories. Yep. Pose for pictures. He's very approachable. Very fun. Mm-hmm. You know, you mention uh, our unique name and how he can't be mistaken for any other entertainment venue. That's true. I don't know if I told you this, but. I don't know what this means this week. I got a resume from a, a Garrison Keeler. I guess he's looking for work now, and he saw the name. And I... I'm sorry. We don't do Prairie Home Companion here. We do Texas Prairie Chicken Home Companion, boy. It's a nice day in Lake Wobegon. Yeah. yeah I, I can honestly say I have never listened to that show. Pastor Inkfest. Uh, Not even if I needed to be put to sleep. Came by for a visit. Powder milk biscuits. What is that combination, Raymond Bird, Darth Vader? <laughs> yeah, you've never heard the show. <laughs> no, I have not. Now you, I guess you haven't heard about his current woes. Well, I've heard that. Yeah, I've heard that he did the. Uh, yeah, he he things did. he wasn't supposed to do. That's right. Yes. So, but yeah, joke. you know the the Matt Lauer stuff. But that's, I tried a joke. It went south. Let's move yeah, on. Yeah, yeah most of my south. jokes do go that direction. Venezuela south. Woo. You're crossing a El Diablo territory. Who is these to come in here with these lousy jokes? Monkeys, man. That is. That is. Describe indescribable torture. Giving me that Garrison Keeler impression. And what if I don't do it? Describable torture. Oh, I'll take one or the other. Hey man, here's all the news from Lake Wobegon, man. <laughs> like, whoa, be gone, man. Who 
Please, this is a war. Be gone. Get out of here. Don't take this lousy joke to the Rush Limbaugh show. Powder milk biscuits, man. They give you strength to do what must be done, man. Wait a minute. Is that JD powder milk? No, that's uh, louder milk. Okay. El Diablo is not up on these current artists. Who is this? Did you keep asking me these stupid questions? I can tell someone who did not contribute. Con- contribute. Yeah. Who my denture cream again? Someone who did not contribute to the recent NPR fundraiser drive. Nope. You know there's a station called No NPR? public radio for me. No, I'm sorry. Ooh, okay. <laughs> the look you gave me. I'm, let's move on. Uh, is this so point-counterpoint now? Count-pointer count? Jane, you ignorant slut. I beg your pardon. We weren't supposed to talk about that. <laughs> and now we're back to Garrison Keillor and Alfred. No, Lincoln. we're back to Saturday Night Live. Jane, you oh. ignorant slut. Dan Eckler, Jane Curtin. We can Tyson, That's right. Absolutely. And it, okay. my, my head is spinning. Now, so. That's right. Please. No, no. We do not. Who is this that keeps coming? These exorcist, exorcist uh, references. That is describable torture. You promise me not to do that no more. I report directly to the torture chamber. Okay. On top. Wait a minute. No. Wait, wait. Report to the pit of misery. Dilly, dilly. <laughs> now that one. Right around my You've not shiny seen the head. Bud Light commercials? No, I don't watch uh, them. Never mind. I'm right. too he busy does. listening to NPR and these off-brand stations. Yeah. I'm not watching I buy you the books, broadcast send you to television. school, and what do you do? You trade them for a monkey's lunchbox. What is it with you? <laughs> okay, now I'm back to reality. That was, like a half hour that was for those of you that have tuned in late. Now back to our regular program. <laughs> this is one of our short episodes. Right? That's right. So, speaking of short episodes... <coughs> Me, 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 me. 321K is Jay Jetset time with the real Don Steele. It's time for remixes again. And Al Bigley, here comes that amazing remix that you talked about earlier. Are you ready, monkey? I think I'm ready, Don. Thank you for that fabulous introduction. As I said earlier, this is my 2014 remix of a 2014 song. It's the Monkees performing Sunny Girlfriend live in, where were they, did I say? Cleveland, Ohio. Where else could this be? Oh, my God. You yes. re- that you took this from them playing in the same town as that godforsaken rock and roll hall of fame? Dun, dun, dun. Dun. Hey, hashtag F Yon Winner. All right, now calm down over there. So I described it earlier, so just slap on your headphones, folks, and enjoy.
K is Jet Set Time with Real Non Steel. Hope you enjoyed that remix. Coming soon, a new segment called Rarities and Remixes. That'll be having future on Texas Prairie Chicken Home Companion Monkeys Podcast. Monkey! Monkey! And now, what you've all been hopelessly waiting for, at least we hope so. Hopefully, hopelessly waiting for. Yeah, something along that line. It's it's kind of hard to ad lib sometimes, you know. I'm I'm not Fred Allen or I'm not uh, I'm not Drew Carey or Ryan Styles or anybody on that. You're not exactly Jim Frawley. That's true. That's true. It is now time for us to welcome to the Texas Prairie Chicken Home Companion Monkeys Podcast team our latest member, our newest contributor, and somebody who's going to help really just take this to the next level. And we are thrilled that she's a part of it. Um, it is now time to welcome and to give a little background. Jody, are you there? Hello, Jody Ritson. Well, ladies and gents, you've waited around long enough. It is now time for the, on the Texas Prairie Chicken Home Companion Monkeys podcast for that surprise that we've been promising for weeks. We are thrilled, Al and I both, and yes, Al, I've had to give Al an extra shot to have him contain his enthusiasm here. <laughs> I'm here. I'm okay. Here. <laughs> we are thrilled to welcome a third member of the podcast party. Ladies and gentlemen, I give to you our newest member, the woman who every Monkeys fan should honestly envy because of what she does. She is now our link to the guys, the one and only, live and direct, in public if you will, from the city of brotherly love, the one and only, Jody Ritson. Jody, welcome Hi to guys. the family. Welcome aboard. You're making me cry. <laughs> That, so, no, wait a minute. How, I, can, how can you I cry? How can you cry? You've never seen us. How can you cry? You've never seen me. That before. usually comes much later. That's right. I've actually had the opportunity to see Al in his um, spandex Batman outfit. Hey, we're not supposed to talk about that. We promised. <laughs> you, you promised. No, as long you've, you've got to do the Adam West for her. Now. Only I can do Adam West, old chum. Oh my goodness! Well, now, I, I well, we probably met. Spandex is is good in my book. Well, thank you. We probably first met uh, at the 2014 Monkeys convention that you created. I guess I can say. I was. I was. A, I actually was a help. Um, oh. Well, I guess 2014. Um, I was a partner on the first one in 2013, though. Um, that was another woman who I. I guess just like I do with everything else, pushed myself to be helpful, and then. Um, and then. It, became the 2014 as well. So I was I was very lucky that I was in a position to be able to be helpful at the time. Excellent. Now I say I met you. Of course, you were just a blur passing me all through that convention with all your <laughs> duties and responsibilities. So, Jody, so for yeah. th- those people know you from Facebook. They know you from it. But they may not know the whole story. So tell us just a little bit about how you came to be a Monkees fan and what – drove you to put yourself out there to Mickey and, and, and to Nez to become such a, a, a part of their team? Well, I'm going to give you the shortened version of 30 years, but um, I was a second generation, I guess, 1986. I became a Monkees fan when they were on Channel 29 here. And where I guess before, even before that, my uncle used to tape because we didn't have cable. So he would send me videotapes, I guess, when they were on Nickelodeon or MTV at the time. And I became a fan. I was first a Nez fan. And then after I saw them in 86 at Convention Hall in Atlantic City, I forever was a Mickey girl. And so, I, you know, it always starts out that way. They're always Nez fans first, and then it's the Mickey. <laughs> 
you know what? Because you can only laugh so much at, you know, at the the hat and the seriousness, I guess. But I was very angry with him, which I've come to forgive him in person for. I, I did tell him I was okay with, we're, we're cool now that he didn't do the 86 tour or 87 <laughs> or 88 or 89 or 90. Yes. But, um, but I just recently made, made peace with, with him with that. And, um, so when I, I guess when I saw Mickey on stage when I was about 12, um, I became a real big Mickey fan. And then um, I really didn't have, I was, I was kind of a nerd in school and, and isolated. My parents didn't like let me go anywhere or do anything. So the monkeys just became an outlet for me. And I was more into the music than I was the TV show. So being able to continue to go to the concerts versus you know, oh, I really hope they make a special. That really wasn't necessary for me at the time. I just really liked their music. And so I just always was a fan. I guess I, you know, through the years, I guess the last time I'd seen them was I'm looking right now at a ticket from their final tour in the 90s um, where I saw them down the shore. And um, yeah, that wasn't their last concert, but you know, I became a mom and, you know, married, have a life and all that fun stuff. And then what happened was um, when um, I had met Butch Patrick, somebody had introduced me to Butch Patrick from the Munsters. And Butch and I had talked and I told him about Facebook and I said, I have to make you a Facebook page. And so we, I made him a Facebook page and I started running his Facebook page and in the interim, Davey passed away. And, um, you know, that hit home for everybody, of course, but being that I was a Monkees fan and all the people in school always knew me as the monkey girl, uh, it was, people came to me as if it was a relative, you know, I'm so sorry, they're giving me, sending me their condolences. And I never really had a teen idol, I guess, that died, you know, that I, really felt anything for and um and so when um this lady phyllis who was doing the davy jones memorial convention she sent a message to butch on facebook and says i'm doing this convention in new jersey and you know i would really like you to be a part of it since you were on the christmas episode will you come and i called butch and i go you're doing this I am like such a big monkeys fan. You have to do this. And he goes, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so I, then I, I messaged this Phyllis back and I said, Butch will do it. I said, but I would be more than happy to assist you in anything that I can. You know, I'm a big monkeys fan and, and I love Mickey and, and blah, blah, blah. And who knew that, you know, she was in way over her head and she was like, okay, I need you to call Barry Williams. I need you to call Christopher Knight. I need you to do this, 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 this. And then all of a sudden I was kind of the person who started doing interviews and, and going to the celebrities. I had zero background, zero anything. All I basically had was, um, we have a convention and we would really like you to be a part of it. We'll pay for your airfare and your hotel room. And I all of a sudden started making these connections. So I assisted her 
with the first one, you know, there was no money, there was no, there was nothing. And there's a great picture of me. I'm hysterically crying when I had to say goodbye to Mickey um, because there was so much love that was put into this. It was a project of love and so much respect. And, and when I'm walking away and Mickey's patting me, I could cry now. He's patting me because I was, I was just crying. I mean, this was the little girl inside of me was coming out again. And what happened was 2000, um, after this was over, I wanted to do a Brady Bunch convention. And Phyllis said, listen, I feel really obligated to the fans. I think we need to do another monkeys convention. And I said, but for what? Like, there's no reason to do another monkeys convention. And she said, because I don't know, but we have to figure something out. And I said, well, I'll do another monkeys convention. I said, but I got to get Nez. And she just laughed at me like everybody else did. And she said, yeah, right. And I said, I don't care. I'm getting Nez. I, I'm telling you, I'm getting Nez. That's the only thing I can see reason to have another convention. It wasn't an anniversary of anything. There was like, what, what was my motivation? And so then I started the process of begging and pleading and finding money and finding resources. And then um, I get a call from Phyllis and she goes, I'm done. I, I just had enough. I'm about to drive off a bridge. I just, I think we should cancel this thing because we weren't getting um, commitments from anybody. And so, you know, without the monkeys, what convention is there? Like, I didn't want to, I didn't want to do another, you know, a, like how Beetlefest doesn't have any Beatles. I didn't really want to do that. I wanted to have the monkeys there. Mm -hmm. And so that day I called Phyllis back and I said, listen, you don't have to do anything else. I'm doing the rest of it. I'm taking over. I'm not disappointing people. They've made arrangements from all over the world. I'm forget it. Just do whatever you're going to do. And so that afternoon I got an email from somebody that's become very close to me, who is Nez's assistant, Jessica, who told me that, you know, you Nez need to get a haircut. They won't let you do the way. convention. This was all the same day. Oh. And I, when I tell you, I, there is, there's no words that, to explain the running around that mm. I did in my house. I look like the road runner. I mean, I freaked the hell out. I was mm -hmm. screaming at the top of my lungs. And, but then I, <laughs> I wrote back and I said, wait, I just want to clarify things. Did you say, I just want to make sure I'm understanding this correctly because then I start having conversations with myself, which I'm notorious for doing. And I said, w w w you're, you're saying he's going to come to, wait, you, he's coming to New Jersey, right? Like he's getting on the plane. He's got, I mean, I really was dumbing this down. She said, yes, he's agreed to do it, but you can't announce it yet. So I had like a month that I'm sitting on this information that, you know, and, and, and I'll be honest. And, and I don't think there's a problem with me saying this. I called, um, I had, I, I knew that this was too much for me to handle in doing a convention, having Nez there and everything. And I had suggested that they go and have an agent, um, that's Mickey and Peter's agent. I had suggested that I think they, they need to have a conversation because I didn't want to, 
I could make a lot of money being an agent for Nez, but I didn't want to misrepresent anything I was capable of doing and making this experience bad for him or the fans. Mm -hmm. So sometimes you have to know what you're not able to do. And so I I called the agent and I said, listen, Michael Nesmith has agreed to do the Monkees convention and I've uh, convinced um, them to have a conversation with you. It's too much for me. And he's like, what? I've been asking Mickey for years to put me in touch with Nesmith. I don't understand. How did you do it? doesn't really matter. Just they're going to call you. Okay. I already told them how your pay works. I told them everything. It's a done deal. I just can't do this myself. So then he has a conversation with the agent, with the assistant. And yes, Nez is confirmed. It's a go. And so he goes, well, I have to tell Mickey because, you know, I need to tell them that Nez is coming. Like, this just changed the game. And I said, okay. So Steve contacts Mickey, and Mickey says, I need to call Nez. Because <laughs> he didn't believe. He didn't know me at the time. And he didn't believe that Nez said yes. Well, imagine his point of view. It's like, again, I don't know this Jody Ritson, and she's claiming mm-hmm. it's almost like right. the Brady Bunch episode where Marcia says, oh, I'm, 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 Davy Jones. Or I'm Davy Jones' manager's sister. <laughs> yeah. You got to get me in the hotel to see Davy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I'm the real-life version of getting Michael Nesmith. Right. There you go. Holy crap. I'm Marsha. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Then he contacted Peter, and they also said, that's BS. That's not true. You're you've been told lies, blah blah blah, because Nez never would do something like this. But the approach that I had was that, and and this is how I truly do feel. Yes, there are many celebrities that do this for money and and sign autographs for money. What a lot of people do not understand is celebrities do not get royalties for their television shows when they were on right. a show fifty years ago. So. They need to get paid no different than we need to get paid. So you cannot be angry because, yeah, years ago when money was great, you know, maybe they did sign things for free. But now they have to pay their bills. They've got children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren. Money does not come in. They don't have a normal job. So Nez, all that stuff goes through the agent. That doesn't go through me anyway. But, yeah, so when... I I called Phyllis and I said, you know, remember she was about to like, you know, ride off a bridge. She wanted nothing to do with this. And I called Phyllis and I said, you're not going to believe this. I got Nez. And then all of a sudden, we got Nez! We got Nez! And she starts freaking out, screaming. But, all of a sudden, um, that's we again. <laughs> well, you know, um, the, the truth of the matter is I had gotten... This, this is a lot for, for me because many years ago, and sometimes I tell the story, sometimes I don't. When I had my son, my last son, I have three kids, and my 11-year-old, he tells me that I'm the best thing that ever happened to him. If he wasn't born, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing because I got very sick <laughs> in having him, and it caused permanent damage. So now I can't have like a regular job, a nine-to-five job, which I love to work. So that that was difficult for me. So I've taken all of the passion that I had for working and I kind of turned this into, I didn't realize it was business. My husband would say it was a hobby, but this is the only way that I get to interact with adults and I get to feel like I'm doing something. And so I took 
a negative, instead of like sitting on the sofa and watching Mari Povich all day, I sit on Facebook and I turn this into a community of people. And, um, you know, I, I, you know, we had the convention, the convention went off. It was amazing. So many people were happy. So many people got to meet Nez, you know, for the first time. And, and, you know, I, I, I always say that with Michael Nesmith, to me, he's like Willy Wonka because Willy Wonka, when I was a kid and still to, as an adult, this was a mysterious man who made this incredible stuff, but nobody really knew who he was, like who was this guy? Nobody knew the inner workings. And when I met Nez, I felt like I won the golden ticket. And um, it was it was surreal. It, it, it really was an unbelievable thing. And through the community of Monkey's friends that I had met, I kind of continued, you know, we would go to shows together and I would see them and stuff. And then Mickey was at BB King's in New York in I think it was maybe 2014, 2015, something like that. It might have been 2014. And when he was on stage, Mickey said, and I hope you'll come and see me in Connecticut. I'm going to be doing a show with Joyce DeWitt from Three's Company called Comedy is Hard. And I really hope that you can come. So, again, I, you know, I have nothing to do with I'm just me who did the conventions you know i don't know if mickey will remember my name or whatever and i hear people in the audience um rumblings of people in the audience saying um boy i wish i could go but i don't know how to get there i wish i could go i don't know how to get there and i don't know what happened but i started like my my light bulb or my head went up and i went it's funny i went backstage that night and i got to see mickey and he's like how are you and i said one day I'm going to work for you. And he just kind of laughed at me, you know, like I would laugh at me too. And I came home and I had this idea. And the idea was, well, everybody was able to get to the place where the convention was. What if I just get a bus, you know, and I organize tickets and I'm going to see if Mickey will, you know, sign their playbills or something like that if I can arrange this. So I contacted Donna, his wife, because she's the one I always went to. And I said, Donna, I'm going to get a bus. I'm going to take all these people up to see Comedy is Hard. And do you think that Mickey would, after the show, just come and say hi to everybody and maybe sign an autograph? And Mickey agreed. Well, we, I arranged this. Everybody met at the um, Meadowlands where we had the um, convention. I had this gigantic bus with a bathroom. We sang monkey songs. We did all kinds of fun stuff. And we schlepped up to Connecticut. And it's so funny because had this, this was the biggest bus you'd ever seen in your life. And um, we had seen Mickey was getting in his car from rehearsals. And we run up to the car and say, hi, Mickey, we're here. You know, such a dork. I'm hi, I'm here. (laughs) And he's like, that's the bus. <laughs> and, and I said, "Yeah, like, what did you expect? You know, Partridge so, family bus. I mean, really? Right? I mean, like, I mean, we really we took over Connecticut, and we saw the show. Mickey came out afterward. Joyce Dewitt came out after the producer Mike Reese, who did The Simpsons. He came out. Everybody was. Everybody came out, and then we had so much fun that 
Mickey was doing a show in a uh, Christmas show. And I said, Hey, Donna, do you think, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I think my group together and then it became, okay, Donna, we have, you have another show, you know, what do you think about? Well, then it just started. And then Mickey was at 54 below the first time Mickey did 54 below did it again. I, I sold, I actually wound up selling out. I think the majority of the place, I had so many people there. So after we did, and I think we did it, I did, he did three shows. I did three shows. So I would drive back and forth to New York every day. And by the last, by the last one, um, this was surreal. Again, I didn't know if Mickey even knew my name, you know, like I wasn't trying, you know, to to get on anybody's good side. This was a great way for me from the house to be able to see people and keep this community of friends going. You know, a lot of monkey fans are loners and they don't want to go by themselves. And so this gave all of us an opportunity to get together, not be afraid, travel as, you know, as we were. And we the bus was coming we were going across the street um to get a drink a lot of the ladies were and mickey was at the bar by himself he was getting he was getting something to eat peter asher was there jim kerr was there like you know all mickey's you know his his friends were there and i walked past him and he caught a glimpse of me i guess and he goes you're still here and he grabbed my arm and i said yeah well, the bus is coming, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, I want to talk to you a minute. And I was like, oh, God, what did I do? <laughs> and, yeah, oh, God, yeah. With my, was it the Nez line? With my paranoia, I need this. <laughs> right? Yeah. I was like, I'm afraid to get on a bus, to, you know, with all these people. Like, am I going to cry now? I, I didn't do it, whatever it was, I swear. I was like trying to think of every excuse my kids give me. I didn't do it. And, Nobody saw me do it. Nobody, you can't prove yeah. anything. I thought he said what you don't know can't hurt you. So he takes me, he, he pulls me over and he says, I want to tell you something. He says, I've met a lot of people in, in my life. And he says, there are three people, three kinds of people in this world. People who say they're going to do things, promise they're going to do things, people who deliver. And then in this business, you have people that say they're going to do it and they don't do it. Or people that promise they're going to do it and they don't do it. He goes, Everything that you say you're going to do, promise you're going to do, you deliver. And it's a very rare quality. And he and I just started crying. And I was expressing to him because coming from him, that could have been God coming down mm -hmm. and telling me that I just solved the cure for cancer. That was the biggest, you know, I mean, that was my proudest moment. This is somebody I have idolized my entire life strive to you know impress but not on purpose but i guess you know i i i love this person for everything he's given me to look forward to and he's giving me the ultimate compliment and then it he started pulling me a little bit more into things and then um all of a sudden I get a call from Michael Nesmith asking me if I want a job. Hmm. Not, not and you're thinking, where's uh, you're thinking, where's not Alan Funt? Or I guess for young kids, where's Aston Kutcher? Yeah, yeah, where's Aston Kutcher? We're being punked. What, what happened was, um, I'm, you know, I 
I started talking to his assistant and, you know, um, when I was at one of the uh, conventions with Nez, I had on a shirt and he goes, and we started talking about monkey stuff and he was like asking me questions and stuff. And I had, was giving him some ideas for video ranch. I didn't really think he was listening to me, to be honest with you. And I came home and like a week and, oh, he goes, he goes, I want you to work for me. And I was like, yeah, whatever. You know, I call my husband. I'm like, yeah, guess what Ned said? You know, I'm like, yeah, whatever. And a couple weeks go by, nothing, you know, and I'm not expecting anything. And then his assistant calls and they want to move forward on the idea that I had suggested. And I said, oh, okay, but it wasn't officially working for him. So a couple months go, so about, uh, two months go by, we did this promotional thing with one of the video ranch shirts. And I start talking to the assistant, the uh, like the the personal assistant there, the secretary. And I go, what do you have a lot in stock of that you haven't sold in a while? She says, books. And I go, you know what? Why don't we do a book club? Oprah did a book club. And I I go to Video Rant. I, I ordered the book. I ordered um, his first book. Neptune's and Neptune's yeah. Yeah, Neftu Zamora. And I could barely understand it. So it was very good that I had a partner in this because Nez writes bigger than I can comprehend. So I we do this book club and books start selling. Nez comes into work because he signed anything for free at Video Ranch. Nez best, comes best into work. Best thirty-three dollars I've ever <laughs> invested is on is on the is on the group Facebook uh, group banner. Well, Lyle Lyle comes into work and Ness comes into work and there's like a hundred books in front of him to sign at a note since 98 you know these books weren't moving he's like what in the hell is going on <laughs> oh Jody happened you know and I said I just thought it would be fun to start reading again so anyway we started doing this and then Lyle calls me one day and she goes Jody she says um Nez wants to talk to you and I was like what Oh my God, what did I do? You know, I wanted to throw up. I really was scared. And then, um, yeah, Nez uh, gets on the phone and he's like, hey, Jody, it's Nez. Hi. <laughs> Hi, okay. Oh, yeah. And, you, you wait till you see the promo when we, if it gets to the point where we interview Nez. I, Al and I will do a specific promo for that and it will be me. <laughs> We're not worthy. We're not no, worthy. You, you, now you I, talk to you, Mike. You're going to be standing there and going, <laughs> And looking at me going, Alan, what's wrong? Nez. Let me tell you what, I still, to this day, do that. Because still, you know, it's very hard to not be a fan. I mean, so I, Nez gets off and he goes, he goes, what, I don't know exactly how this would work since you live there and I live here, but what do you think about, and, and he offered me a job. And then when we went after the Pantages show, mm -hmm. I went to Video Ranch and I said, oh, my God, I am I'm walking into the Willy Wonka chocolate factory and I'm Charlie. That's right. And um, and so I so he actually offered me a job, you know, before Mickey. I'm still really an independent contractor, I guess you can say. Um, but I work with Mickey and um, I'm with Nez and. I said to Mickey once, I said, Mickey, I said, so many people want to meet you. You know, did you ever consider like doing these meet and greets after the show? And he goes, what's that? Nobody's going to pay to meet me, Jody. And I said, 
I have to respectfully disagree with you on that one, Mickey. I said, I don't think you realize what you mean to people. And that's what I continue to remind them of what they mean to us. Because when you're in a bubble and you are the person, you always think to yourself, why would anybody want to meet me? They don't realize that they have shaped and, and been such an influence and it's such a big part of the positive parts of our life. Well, like, so, like Mike always said, you got to remember these guys were on the inside of the tornado. They so, have no idea. The hurricane. So they can't look out and experience what we're experiencing. So they're like, do people like us? And like Mike still expresses amusement at, I don't get the monkeys thing. Because of course he can't be a fan on the outside looking in. So he can just observe it and comment on it and go, glad you enjoy it. And before I forget, since you, since you brought that up, Jody, uh, yeah. your next your next assignment is to listen to episode eight. That episode that, eight. that that contains my seven minutes with Nez, or my part of the seven minutes with Nez. Wait, and you the did the interview with him. Yep, yeah, that was, yeah, yeah. This, the seven minutes I have. and That's why I said you've talked to him. Yeah. Well, right, because yeah. you, you emailed me. See, people think I don't remember, and I remember everything. You mm-hmm. emailed me after that interview, mm-hmm. and you um, had me send yep. him like yeah. a, a thank you, and you were saying how great you thought the book was and stuff. Mm-hmm. When, um, you know, Nez didn't have like a salesperson, you know. Nez felt that I would be a good branch because I, I don't tell lies. I didn't really... I know a lot of Nez's solo work as Michael Nesmith, um, you know, and so when I listen to something for the first time, I'm being very honest, you know, I, he thought I'd be a good branch between Monkees fans that kind of never really got into Nez stuff or maybe even never knew it existed. So that's where I came in. And then with Mickey, you know, Mickey said, um, I, I, we were on the flower power cruise and I, I got Mickey on a second year, then a third year and we're on the flower power cruise and we're talking about these meet and greets and, and the first one was successful and Mickey's telling my husband, yeah, now we'll test it out and see how it goes. <laughs> and now I kind of just run with it and it's been very successful. Mickey would only do it if we could help raise money for charity, which we've done for both make a wish and for the DJ EMF. Excellent. Um, and then now, so we're going to continue the meet and greets into next year because we're all having a great time. And then Nez, um, they called me um, because of him going on with the first national band. They called me that um, because I, again, I know Nez has done them in the past. But when we just did Mickey's two shows in California, um, Nez was coming to surprise everybody. And I knew about it. So I had said to Mickey, I said, so do you think I can ask Nez if he'll do <laughs> meet and greet too? And he goes, you could try, you know? And so I, I emailed Nez and I said, listen, I said, do you think that you would be open? And then he said, yes. <laughs> I, and, you know, there's even some people in the monkeys organization that have said, how did you get him to say yes? And I said, well, I asked. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, and, and I'm very fortunate that the guys do, you know, I, I really do express to them the, the love that we all have. It's, it's an innocent love that we have, you know, I'm not looking to marry them anymore. That was my 12 year old self. (laughs) But if I want to help and be a positive, um, a positive, 
you know, branch between them and the fans because I really do believe that we all need this at certain points in our life, you know, and, and I think that this gives us something to look forward to. Of course. And I have met so many just amazing people and I, I have so many good friends that I've met people from all over the country. Um, you know, and I know that not everybody understands what I'm doing, you know, but mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't, I don't put pictures up because I'm bragging. I feel like not everybody can come with me. So I'm trying to share this adventure with everybody because let me tell you, it's exhausting to hold a camera up and tape Facebook live, you know, for an entire Mickey show. But I do it because I know people can't always attend, obviously. You know, I'm very lucky at this point because I get to go. But, you know, there are people out there that this is the only thing that they look forward to. You know, I mean, I don't want to watch all this stuff with, you know, the news and the the fires and and the groping and all the bad stuff. You know, this gives some, some people an hour and a half distraction from the real world. And that's all that... I really want to come out of all of this is that Make-A-Wish gets money. You know, Mickey gets to meet the fans. He feels important still because, you know, I mean, everybody needs to feel the love. And the fans more than anything, you know, it's it. But you, and you know, it's so true. I mean, I, I cry more than I've ever cried before. Some of the things that I've seen with Mickey, some of the things I've seen with with Nez, where you have a fan. I had a fan. I had one of Nez's fans at Chiller that was paralyzed. She, uh, when I say paralyzed, she was so nervous. She was paralyzed. She couldn't move, and she was shaking like a leaf. And I, I mean, they had the the, the they had nine one one come out. It was pretty pretty scary. And I'm looking, and she didn't realize, I took her behind where our desk was because I I didn't know if she was gonna pass out. And I just was trying to calm her down at, because this was such an amazing, special moment for her. And I didn't want her to be on, in, in an ambulance. I wanted her to meet him. And she didn't even notice that Nez had come um, from, from, it was, he was done his break and he and he was there and he's watching this. And I'm looking at him and I'm making these eyes and I'm going, can you come here? Like, can you come over here? The lady cannot move. Next thing I know, Nez comes over and he's on his knees and he takes her hands. She didn't know it was him. And she, and he goes, do you know who I am? And that's the nurse. I'm sorry. (laughs) Sorry, That's that's an old joke with, I throw in there every now and then. (laughs) She was shaking like a leaf. And he goes, do you know me? And when I tell you what I saw, I, it got to the point after she left, she got to meet Nez, she left eventually. I had to take a break and I just let, I busted out hysterically crying because this is what it means to me. I don't need another autograph. I don't need another picture with them. But, you know, being a part of, of seeing this. I mean, I'm not a doctor. I don't have a lot. You know, my kids could care less if I'm here or not. But, you know, when you get to witness something so magical as I have had the opportunity on the road with these guys to witness, um, 
it's really it, it it it's it's an indescribable opportunity that I have. I'm not getting rich and I'm not getting, you know, and it's a lot of travel. And, you know, sometimes I don't feel good because I do have health problems. But, you know, but then I come home and all I do is tell my husband all these people that I met. And and I and I cry because it it is very important um, to me that they get the opportunity. And there was nobody that was doing this. I, I mean, it wasn't right. like I applied for a job. I made these suggestions like, you know, can we do this? And, you know, and, and the guys didn't really know how it would work out. You know, would people pay for this? Would people really go out of their way for this? And, you know, I kind of, yeah, of course they will. You know, meanwhile, I'm thinking, oh, my God, I hope this works out. Or I'm going to look so stupid. But I, I've been very lucky and met guys, you know, people like you. You know, my best friends now are all monkeys people and and you know, it has given me a reason and a purpose. So I can't go work in a regular job, but, I, but you know, Mickey tells me all the time, he's like, you have a business here. And I'm like, no, it's not. How can it be a job if you have fun and you love what you do? Um, but I, it, it truly has become just a, a, this is so much love. I mean, just so much love and, and the friends and, you know, I say, you know, we started out as monkey fans, but, you know, at the end of the day, we're people and that they brought us together, but they don't keep us together, if that makes any sense. Well, so, you know, it's it's without exaggeration that we can say you truly have changed lives and enriched people's lives. And, you know, I'm, I'm a freelance uh, graphic artist and I have found in my life there are times you have to make opportunity. And I think this applies to what you did. So many people think I won't apply for that job because I'm sure someone else is doing that. And you just walked up and go, is there a place for this? Is there a need for this? And so many opportunities have come my way with me just stepping forward going, you probably had 6 million requests, but how about this? And they go, no, no one suggested that you're the guy. And that really speaks to that kind of uh, thing in life that can happen. If you just do a little reaching and asking. And speaking of reaching and speaking of job, I, can you? It is time for. I, I'm going to interject in here because it's time to make you work here, Missy. Oh, let's do it. It's time. All right. What is? All right. Tell everybody out there what's coming up now for. Uh, talk about Nez. What's coming up from him, and then uh, this will be broadcast more than likely after Mickey's Bay City stop. So let it, okay. let us in. Let us in on what's going on with with uh, Mike and Mickey uh, for 2018 to start the year. Okay, so far for 2018, it's been a little bit quiet because we won't really, you know, with the holidays and stuff like that, we don't know an awful lot yet. But what I can say is we have five shows in California for the redo of the first national band. Um, Nez is going to be doing all five dates in California, and then this is hopefully going to turn into a fall tour. That's the goal. Um, you know, every if everything works out the way we want it to. So the five shows, um, it's like five shows in eight days. So, you know, I, I'm hoping that goes well. Um, and I'm getting ready to um, uh, announce the meet and greet information because we're going to be doing meet and greets for all of the shows after the show. And I believe we have something really special for um, a certain group of fans for before the shows. 
So um, that is information that's coming that I've been working on with the Video Ranch people. Uh, we have the Flower Power Cruise with Mickey and Mark Lindsay with the 50 Summers of Love. That is in February. That's sold out. But you know me. I already went to <laughs> Time Life and said Excellent. we're not we're not coming if Mickey's not coming because they don't typically have people on um, several years in a row. But, you know, we took over the ship. And um, so I had um, I I'm thrilled that it looks like Mickey and Mike are going to tour in the summer. So I went to Time Life and said, you got to get the monkeys on the flower power cruise. So Fingers crossed because they called me yesterday and asked me for the booking information. So, I mean, I don't know if Nez is going to be on a boat, but I'm sure as hell trying. Um, well, wait a minute. Now, he did shy off of uh, hitting the high seas for seasickness. So, uh, that episode, that's why he was <laughs> absent. Now, remember, we don't talk TV shows with her. We talk music <laughs> with her. What if uh, what if uh, well, Davey were the one to leave the boat? Man, <laughs> what if they could never find a man maker for Davey? You know, it's like... Oh. Oh. Hopefully, hopefully, with all the um, narcotics that are out there and bracelets and and everything else, we can, you know, I, I mean, I that would be amazing. But that wouldn't be until 2019. But you know, I'm always trying. Um, and then I and I guess in the next couple months we'll start. Um, I have a lot of projects I keep pitching to Mickey um, that are more. Um, not necessarily on stage, but more one-on-one type stuff, like at um, piano gigs and karaoke and, and Q&As, things where we can um, have a little bit more one-on-one with him. Um, you know, so I am, I am working on different ideas with them. Um, so there's really nothing concrete right now, except for I will have some dates uh, and information about the meet and greets for Nez coming up Super. and Mickey's all ready to do this again in 2018. So I'm just waiting on his tour dates. Now for those feverish fans that want information about all of these aforementioned events, where should they go? I will have everything on my website, which is monkeys meet monkey meet and greets.com. I had monkey and- meat for lunch the other day. It was not uh it's a little salty. It's not as good. Uh, no, I saw- <laughs> it's not good. I think you just stopped I, it right there, man. <laughs> let's let's just go on. Let's forget I made any comment like that. Let's. I saw. Listen, seriously, you know, Facebook is the greatest and the worst thing ever because yes. somebody Thank posted you. something which I will not, will not ever. I won't even tell my husband what it was. Oh my god! But it has That's made Facebook. me nauseous. For every meal, and I'm hoping I lose 10 pounds from what I saw. So, yeah, monkey meat, monkey everything. I'm staying away from that. But, yeah. <laughs> um, yes, Um, I keep everything on there. I try to um, send out uh, constant contact as much as possible because I don't take for granted that everybody's on Facebook like we are. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, I'll post it on your pages. And then on Nez's page, which is videoranch3d.com. Yep. Um, everything is on there as well. So we're going to have tour merchandise because we just got the approval for the T-shirts for the First National Band and the posters and all that fun stuff. So we have some really cool, um, some cool Nez stuff for a change, which is interesting, nice. you know. Nice. I, I was going to say, you know, you think yeah, if, if you wanted, if you wanted to market it, you should change it instead of the First National Band, since Christian and Jonathan are involved, it should be the First Nesmith Band. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. I I, I had proposed Nezfest for yeah, like uh, a convention. I like that. Nice. Now, oh, uh, can you imagine? Absolutely. Now, anything else you want to plug for Video Ranch 3D that they've got a lot of in stock right now that they want to move? Well, right. We just we just at Video Ranch just um, launched one, two, three, four, five brand new shirts. One is Pacific Arts. One is a Rio shirt. One is a Camp Earth shirt, which mm-hmm. I know I'll get yelled at, but I, I have to become more versed in my television parts um, watching. And um, a beautiful print that was done from an artist that I work with of some of Shelley's blues mm-hmm. and also an Elephant Parts t-shirt. So, um, and then with the First National Band stuff, we have some cool stuff coming. So it's always good to subscribe so that we can announce all the neat stuff. And um, and you can still get all your stuff from Video Ranch autographed free. Can't beat that. No, you can't Absolutely. beat free. No, no I like can't be free. free. Wait, no, I want to be free. Never mind. That's a, day, that's a day. No short jokes. No short jokes. But yeah, and, uh, and, and I will say point blank. Uh, that I will say it again. That is the best thirty-three dollars I have ever invested uh, was to get the the uh, Pacific Arts four CD set because I really wanted another copy of Tropical Campfires and I really wanted Live at the Brit because I love that show. But you know, I, I have the feeling I caused I caused Nez and thanks to Lyle. Lyle, I love you to death. Thanks to to Lyle, I think I may have given Nez writer's cramp for that one autograph. <laughs> Texas Prairie Texas Chicken. chicken home yeah, the, and the one that takes up the entire CD cover, on, uh, the box of cover almost, yeah. Now, speaking of Butch Patrick, of course, he uh, we went to see him at a local show and interviewed him a bit about his involvement with the monkeys, and we should have written down the name of the podcast because he calls I it like... Him, I heard yeah, him trying Texas to... Texas Chicken Prairie Te- Companion. Texas, Texas Chicken Prairie Home Companion. Yeah, something. He came close enough. Know that these guys have age, alcohol, drugs, like all these oh. things behind them you know well, what's <laughs> our excuse that's like mickey says if you remember the 60s you were or is that date if you remember the 60s you weren't really there i'm told i had a good time right i make a good song, song. Yeah, a good song, song. <laughs> i get working on that right away this afternoon yeah, 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 you're a little late on that there pal, oh jody Ritson. When he when he yeah. does his new song and it has something to do with um with that one joke that he says about it was like it was like Spock becoming a Vulcan or whatever, whatever that, whatever that joke was. That's it. <laughs> and Nez, I, I, was it? You saw the Nez come in as like the hammer that, <laughs> the hammer that reference. Yes. Uh, tell tell Mickey to shift it to Pinocchio because that's really right. more what it's like. But that's okay. It's okay. When, when he's Pinocchio Mickey, he's Mickey freaking Dolan's. Okay, we can get away with that. Oh my God, I'm dying to get him to autograph a headshot that says that. I've been trying. <laughs> I, I, every once in a while, I'll just send an email and says, "Can you please just." Can I can I offer these to your fans for the holidays? And he's like, I don't know if Don is going to appreciate me doing that. <laughs> but he was hilarious on that show. Oh my god, yes, he is so good. And I am so honored and happy to be a part of this project that you guys are doing. Excellent. But we're we're like you, you know. If you had ever told me, I'd be in the same room with the guys. I mean, like you said, here you are pinching yourself. Obviously, you're doing much more with them but just the opportunity because when I was growing up in the 70s the monkeys were a past tense interest they're not getting back together you're not going to meet Mike Nesmith you're not you won't even know someone that's that's shaking their hands and now here yeah. we've done so much with them and yeah. well I just it just 
I don't know. Did did you ever hear? Did you hear us tell the story about how Al and I met them in '96? No. Okay, so they're in Charlotte for the '96 tour. They are at what uh, what used to be a very large chain that was multimedia called Media Play. So Al and I, being the smart people that we are, we always you know the, the guys get inundated with gifts. I'm sure at at meet and greets and everything. So all three of them are there, assembly line signing autographs. So. I'll tell. I'll let you tell what you gave Mickey. I gave Mickey because I read his book, which was then just what a year old. Yeah, I'm a believer. Yes, and he said he was a big fan in the '50s of a comic book called Black Hawk, which was about a uh, military troop. It's, it's not important. So I know a local. Being in comics, I know a local comic book retailer who was able to get me fairly inexpensively some '50s Black Hawk issues. So Mickey's sitting there at a signing table, and I. I almost said whip it out. I whip the books in, in front of him and it takes like one, two, three. And he's like, oh my God, how did you know? And he's hugging me and he's shaking my hand. I was like, well, I read your book. <laughs> and so I was so happy to have something that at least, you know, was a charge as opposed to here's headquarters assigned again, you know. Mm-hmm. And it gets even better. So I know about, I, I've studied about Mickey's dad and I was a, I still am a big fan of what they used to call a cliffhanger cereal, which was made back in the 30s and 40s. It was one of these things that continued next week, kind of like Dallas Dynasty, that kind of thing. Like a soap opera? Well, no, it was actually like a like a two and a half or three. Tune hour. in tomorrow to see how Jungle Jim gets out of the death trap of doom. Yeah, oh, it's like it's, it's, it's a three and a half hour movie that's cut in like 20 minute segments. And then okay. they used to show it at the theaters every weekend. So right, movie serials, S E R I A L S. Yeah, not, yes. yeah, not, not, not Count Chocula. Yeah, I got you. So, oh, do you want me to? Do, do I have? Here we go. Going to break into the count again? No, no, wait a minute. That's Ron Maysack a few episodes ago. So, I get, I find out there, and I have a copy of a, a cliffhanger serial that George did right after Mickey was born because I've seen pictures of his mom Janelle on the set with him as a baby so I get a video copy of that I slide it to him and I said this is a movie that your father did the year right if you were born and, in, and what really got me was it was a cut it was a picture of the star of the serial he was one of the supporting characters he says that's not my dad I flip it over I go no, no but that is and he lit up and as I walked away and I sh- he shook my hand and he said thank you so very much and uh, as I walked away he without me knowing it he went he pointed to one and he said so he says, that guy, which that Alan's guy, used yeah. to take yeah, care of that, that guy. guy. Yeah, so he, so he Watch said, that guy. That your wife talks to you. That guy. Yeah, it's like so. He, she's and I forget it was a man or a woman. She's excuse me. Can I see you for a second? I said, and I and I uttered that and I was like, oh god, with my paranoia, I need this. He said, no, no, Mickey just wanted to invite you to come backstage after the show. <gasps> oh yeah. So here's the deal. There was a um, this was on one of the 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 list the list uh, the list that we belonged to back then before the inter- before Facebook right whatever inter- internet and there was discussion a, there was group. a uh, there was a young lady in Washington Andrea she used to go by the name of Hulavu and I don't, I forget yes. what her last name is but she accidentally gave me Mickey's email address so <laughs> I for <laughs> Andrea Chempisky something like that yes. so Andrea you know I forwarded something I didn't think you want me to, so. Mickey and I became email buddies for about a year, and I did not ask him about. I honestly didn't ask him about the show because I didn't want to fanboy out. So that brings us to 2000. When, you know, we we covered uh, the Columbia story that you need to hear the 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 three little the the three little fitties Ishka Bibble story. So we we are 
we are at this little outdoor venue, Mickey and Coco and Wayne and Jerry Renino, uh, and I don't know whether Sandy was there or not, but they were doing a kids show. So they were singing a lot from uh, Broadway Mickey, Mickey Bones Put You to Sleep, and he gets ready to sing Three Little Fitties. He says, anybody know who Ishka Bibble is? And, of course, the only person in the audience who knows who Ishka Bibble is because he follow, you know, he's from the wrong era, holds up his hand and says, yeah, you would know him. You're a trivia weirdo. He not only knew who Ishka Bibble was, he is Ishka Bibble. And then in the second show, he gets to it. don't raise your hand, Alan. Don't raise your hand. <laughs> Call me by name. It's like, you know, I don't have that one. on. didn't record that one, but, yeah, we, we've – Al has it. Al has it for for posterity, and we played it on one of the early shows. But now, also flash forward to the last year when they were here in Charlotte. Oh yeah, and Alan's like waving a Coco. Remember Ishka Bibble? Remember Ishka? Bibble? This this is how we got Coco on the show. So, I this Mickey and Peter had already left the the venue, and I would see where she was going to read. I said, I don't know if you remember this, but because I gave her my Looney Tunes coat to wear because it really had a cold front go through during the show, and it dropped about twenty degrees from the first to the second show. So I let her wear my coat through the whole thing. And she says, I do remember that, actually. Mickey won't, but I do. <laughs> and that led to me being able to get a hold of her on Facebook, and that's how we got her on the show. Yep. Yes, oh, indeed. I, you know, it, but it's funny. It's the little things. And I bet you if I brought that story up to Mickey about, the, um, about his dad, he would yeah. remember. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because I spent I, yeah a lot of times I would look on eBay for stuff signed by his you know, signed by his dad or stuff that he might not have had and then I'd forward it to him to let him know about that so he may have bought a couple of things but well Jody cool. Jody it's been great we're excited about having you on board and to know a little more about you you know which is the reason for this little interview mm -hmm. which we will uh, be breaking up you. into two parts more than likely <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll see we'll see. <laughs> But and I I really appreciate the fact that all of us are we all have to work together, you know, yes, because you know it's there's nobody's getting rich except in your heart, and I try to explain that to my kids all the time that you know that you get very bored with money. I mean, money does pay the bills, absolutely, but the rich is the way that all of us can feel by knowing that we're continuing, you know, the fun, the legacy, and um, making people smile. And that's all we can do. I mean, we're not going to make everyone smile. We're not going to make everybody happy. But, you know, but if we can make some people happy and get them to come out to a show or, mm -hmm. you know, or feel like they're not alone or give them new friends, that's all that counts. Exactly. Like, and you know what they always say, Al, like we talked about in episode number Three is a magic number. Yes. So now we are at that point where we are three strong. Jody is going to add a lot to the show. It's just going to get bigger and better from here. It's all downhill from here. That's right. It's like the three keys. Oh if I, I can be like that that roving reporter, the um, that uh, you know, the man on the street that goes up and interviews all the people and says all the crazy things, like the band Mickey's band was doing was doing this. This is true story. They were going up. Um, during the tour, um, when Mickey and Peter were touring, they they had to stop. They got in trouble. Um, so, but I think it was Rich and John and Dave were taking a microphone and videotaping people um, on the street, fans about seeing the monkeys. I don't know what they were. I have to ask what they were going to do with it. And they interview my parents. Oh, and Tell us what Jody was really like. And oh my God, my parents are telling stories about how I used to water down vodka when I was in college and, you know, and, and sell, you know, 10 cent cans of soda for a dollar. 
because I was always an entrepreneur. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, and I'm standing there and I'm like, take the microphone away <laughs> my parents, you know? Mitch, so, I'm going to throw a dart at you very soon and that dart may be poison tipped. <laughs> yeah, that might be rich dart and you might be having like a 150 pound man on top of you in a second. But my <laughs> that came out really wrong. Well, with all, with all this stuff that, that they've been editing. complaining about in the news, we might want to edit that part out. Yes. But, um, but I do love this and I appreciate you even asking me. I'm so excited. I'm so honored. And I promise I will do you proud. That's it. That's well, we, you already have. And now it's nice to know we are the Jody Ritson approved podcast. There we yes. go. We'll put that on shirts along with the Texas Prairie chicken undergarments. Yes. That oh yeah, yeah. That would be, yeah, that'll be the first. That'll be the first. Yeah, you can take these and throw them in a Mickey show. Oh yeah, there you go. <laughs> I think I think at this point it would be good to have Depends and Viagra. Oh. What do you think? I mean, when when you think about what do folks need at this point that oh, they are embarrassed to buy themselves? Ben Gay. Depends and Viagra. <laughs> and Ben Gay. Let's see, fedoras maybe at a Mickey hey, show. Hey, 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 hey. It's because of the it's because of Mickey F and Dolan's that I wear this fedora. Oh, it's my a tribute. Bald, my bald spot's not as big as his, thank God. <laughs> I am not going to use that in the line when I go, Mickey, can you do this show? And also, his bald spot is not nearly as big as yours. There you go. That's well, what we... Alan said, not Al. Not right. the one in the spandex, the bald one. Right. Well... <laughs> No, his, it, no. If you uh, can see me now. Yeah, we'll, 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 yeah, never mind. I, I, I still that. have to work with him, and he's got control of the editing. So it's yes. like I'm, I'm liable to be persona. I'm likely, I'm, I'm likely to end up shining without my knowing it. So it's like, oh, I love you. I love it so much. Well, thank you so much. I am so excited, and I can't wait to share with you all the cool stuff and um, give me another outlet to be able to uh, discuss and make people aware of what is still available for them. Absolutely. Jody. I hope you feel better soon, ma my friend. Thank you so much. I'm going to go lay down. We're going to talk to you later. Take care. All right. Bye, guys. And as you can see, she has such an amazing perspective. It is I, – I love listening to her talk. I mean, she's one of these ones you can listen to because she's got not so many stories, but you can hear the passion. And the thing that impresses me the most about this is how she loves connecting the guys with the fans right. and making them understand – quite honestly that there is so much love for them out there because being insulated they only get to see yeah Davey, mickey peter they get, i love you yeah so but sometimes i don't think it impacts them they they really understand because of the bubble that they're in you know the impacts that that the guys have had and especially me it's like i've um you know it's They've been an important part of my life. That's why I decided I wanted to do this. But it's going to be a hopefully very long and fruitful relationship between uh, you, me, and Jody. And it's going to be, as I'll say, three's a magic number. That's right. And we welcome her aboard and are very excited about what she will be bringing to our future podcast. And she's so enthusiastic, like Alan said, and just brings a slightly different perspective, being a bit younger mm -hmm. than us old timers here. Hey, listen, what are you talking about? You know I'm always going to be old before you do. That's true. That's true. I look forward to a, a wonderful future with our new friend there. That's right. And now, as Monty Python says, up for something completely different. Uh, it's time to crank up one of my favorite Christmas songs. It is time, and we all know the story behind this. This was 19... Snoopy, Snoopy and the Red Baron, right? Sn Snoopy's Christmas? No. Oh. Yeah. 
back in 19, I think it was 76 or 76. 76. 76. About that time that Mickey and Davey got through with that third Dolan's Jones Boys from Heart thing, Chip Douglas had brought to them a song that he wrote with Howard Kylan of the Turtles, a song called Christmas is My Time of Year. And it was something that it was his, in listening to his interview on the great Monkey's Hour, or headquarters as it used to be, as we talked about in previous episodes with the great John DeMeo and Paris Dactieris from Boston University. Um, it was, or was it, uh, it wasn't Boston U, it was... Um, Close. It was, one of, the, it was I, one of those Northeastern colleges, and I apologize, John and Paris, I don't remember off the top of my head. But Feel free to write in and correct us. That's right. So, Chip produced this song, he got Mickey and Davey to sing... He said Peter was involved, and in, uh, the, the phrase I heard was going to throw in an anti-Griselda or two, but for the life of me, I can't hear Peter singing at all, and unless he's playing guitar, I don't know what's going on. But, yeah, they wanted somebody to release it, and what they ended up doing was they couldn't get a distribution deal, so they ended up releasing it to um, just the fan club at the time. So this may be one of the most rare, this may be the rarest Monkeys recording that there is. And it is a really cool song. It's got some great lyrics. And Mickey and Davey do a great job on the vocals. So, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, and me without me going into the RDS voice again, I'll let you intro, you, you intro it this time. Here it is, the 1976, what do we call this? A, a Dolan's Jones and somewhat Torque and somewhat Douglas mm-hmm. special single. Christmas is my time of year. Christmas Day is right around the corner again After one more year, so much gone It's a time for gathering together With friends to rejoice Bye. 
Hope you enjoyed that. If there's anyone out there that actually hasn't heard that, what's weird about it is Rhino included that in the 90s on Cool Yule. Yep, and I only saw Cool Yule in the stores once, and I didn't buy it, but it did have the song on there. So, But I mean, you can it's, it's all over YouTube. Somebody actually just kind of remixed it or remastered it, I think. Boy, these people that have to remix these songs, I don't know. Yeah, but uh, I, <laughs> I think because it was on that collection... I began hearing it in stores mm-hmm. soon after. Like I was in a KB toy store in our mall mm-hmm. like in 2000. And it's so weird to hear this song that I first heard on a bootleg tape. Someone traded mm-hmm. with me going, did you know there's a seventies monkey song? Because yeah, And remember they, they stuck that white Christmas in there as yes. well. With yes. So, but yeah, yep. that, that was the bootleg version. But now it's like funny what I don't hear. I go, is that, is that the, is that the real deal? Right. So, but we hope you enjoyed it as always. Now, uh, we will be leaving you today with one additional Christmas song after we get through what's coming up and the legalese, as we always go through at the end of the show. Uh, we will be sharing with you the 1986 MTV Christmas medley that the guys did, where if you saw it, you saw Santa Claus walking through there, being through the entire video. And at the end, guess who it was? Zeppo. Nippo, Nishwash. Uh, Nippo? <laughs> Nippo, yeah. That's the, uh, the, that's the brother that's they the really don't talk yeah, about. Whatever. That's from uh, Too Many Girls. Okay. No, um, but yeah, it was Nez agreed to be in it and dressed as Santa Claus. And it was kind of funny because it's like you don't see him as he's taking off. He's going, do I really have to do Why did I agree to do this? And it's like you can see it in his eyes, but you know. But that you, was back then there were still surprises. This was pre-internet. And mm-hmm. you're like, hey. And remember, MTV only picked the biggest group of the year to participate in there. That's right. Late year Christmas uh, video. Absolutely. Wait, I gotta sing it. I saw Michael Nesmith dressing as Santa Claus. Don't dance to Santa Claus, the one with the bony knees, walking down the street with no shoes on his feet. Oh, sorry, that's that's Cheech and Chong Christmas. I'm sorry. Oh, it's a whole different. That's old too. But, but uh, we hope you will enjoy this. And coming up, so let's let's tease what's coming up down the pike. Not only will we have more input from Jody on every episode. Coming up soon, we still have interviews with Jim Johnson, who is the creative force behind, if you listen to uh, episode 10? I think so. Yeah, episode 10 or 11, which is the um, the tribute to Hear No Evil, the very first Monkees tribute CD. He was the creative force behind it. We also have some really great stories from a man who is one of my favorite guitar players, and that is John Jorgensen. Wonderful interview. Absolutely. And... Um, John Jorgensen was the guitarist with Nez for Tropical Campfires. He is playing on the Live at the Brit show. And uh, he did, I think he did the album afterward. Because uh, we still have we still have to try to find that. We, we still have to pull some rarities off of that uh, 1994 show with the Hellcasters with Nez. Yes. With the Armando the Newt. But that's coming. Oh boy. You mean Armando the Newt we have to look forward to? We do. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. Also... Since 
we decided that controversy creates controversy creates cash, as it were, and that's, that's barring a title from a wrestling book written by Eric Bischoff. Um, Eric Bischoff? Bischoff, no. What'd you call me? Uh, yeah, that's what I did. Yeah, you got a problem with that. I told you what you answered. But and uh, Bischoff brings us back to... 1986? No, but Bischoff also brings us back to uh, Al Franken and... Okay, I'm good. Yeah, please don't. It's in the news enough anyway. That's right. Yeah, you want news like that? Go to somewhere. Go to Fox News. But um, you can go to Fox News, man. Uh, Fox News, you. Fox, you. <laughs> but uh, since we had so much fun stirring up the pot with uh, Poolwit and Justice, our next topic will be: Was changes as bad as Poolwit? Yes and no. Boy, you really know how to poke that beehive. That's right. I will hunker down like a jackass in a hailstorm. Dot dot dot, and defend my opinion till the day I die. By the way, the big Hear No Evil Monkeys Tribute CD episode retrospect was episode 11. Ah. And we even interviewed Natty Moss Bond, who was one of the lead singers of the band that covered you told me fabulous cover of You Told Me. Uh, what did I tell you? What? That's right. It's what you told me. Yes. Uh, and it was uh, Rudd. Oh, it's here somewhere. The name of her band, which has yeah. long since broken up. No, it's a, it's a uh, something house. Yes, here it is right here. I'm looking through the magic of the internet. It was Multicolor House. Who could forget? And by the way, Natty, if you're listening, congratulations. I I read that you got married recently. At least I think that's what it was about. I could, since they never said anything totally, I just, I'm guessing that that if you got married, congratulations. Wish you guys a long and happy life together. My sister from another mister. There you go. So. Legal time? That's right. This podcast is done by Monkeys fans for Monkeys fans. We have no affiliation with Rhino Records. No affiliation with Michael Nesmith, Peter Tork, Mickey Dolans, the late the state of the late da- the estate of the late David Jones, Andrew Sandoval, Harold Bronson. <coughs> uh, anybody? You okay? You're yeah, that's right just that name gets stuck in the back of my throat. You turned a little green. There. Yeah, I did. Um, but anything that anyone has anything to do with the Monkeys uh, or anything else like that, this is strictly given with love to people that love the guys. so All for entertainment purposes only. That's right. All copyrights for any material that we use refer to the original owner or the current owner. And uh, until next time, this is Alan, damn it, I'll be another year older, Williams. And this is Al, Bob Cratchit, bigly. <laughs> reminding you to have a Merry Christmas, Happy Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, Happy Holidays, wherever you are. And reminds you, Festivus for the rest of us. And reminding you to save, save the, the Texas, Texas Prairie, Prairie Chicken. chicken. tell you something else too the same thing goes for christmas